0: you're a little bit insane, I think there's only one answer to this question, which is why would you plant a vineyard? Why would you tend a garden? Why would you go through all of the trouble to actually make this thing happen? And like the gospel says, till the soil, plant the seeds, build a wall around it, build a tower, send people to tend it and harbor the fruits, harvest the fruits. Why would you do any of that except because you want the fruit, because you want the grapes, because you want whatever is being grown? And so no wonder in the first reading, when we hear about this vineyard that was put forward, and then it started to grow fruit, but it was wild grapes. It wasn't the grapes that were wanted. It wasn't good, plump, juicy grapes that you could make wine with. These wild grapes are smaller, they're tart, they're sour, they're hard to get to, they're in brambles and thorns. It's not like, oh, we think wild fruit is going to be so much juicier, so much sweeter, so much better. Wild grapes, that's not the case. It really becomes like a weed and it starts to choke out the real grapes. The ones that were put there to be harvested. And so all of this work goes into it and it has the appearance of something that's good and useful, but it's just full of weeds. It's not actually good and useful, it's just there. And we know the rest of the story in the first reading from Isaiah. They just knock down the wall and it's free for everybody. The animals come and trample it, people come and take what little fruit there is. In a lot of different ways, we can tell ourselves that our lives look the same way. In a lot of different ways, my life can look perfectly put together. And on the inside, big dumpster fire. It looks like that from the outside, that everything is well-tended, it's well-manicured, everything is put together, but the reality is that there's a lot of imperfection, there's a lot of false fruit, there's a lot of challenges, there's a lot of flat-out sin. There's a lot when you actually get up close and start to look at the nitty gritty of it that you realize, okay, this isn't as perfect as I'd like it to be. This isn't as perfect as I would want it to be or expect it to be even. But you know, there's nothing wrong with recognizing and then acknowledging and then pruning the imperfections. That's actually the good virtuous thing to do, to look at myself and say, you know what? I fall short in these ways and I wanna do away with that. And so I'm going to do what it's ne- what's necessary to prune that away, to choose virtue, to choose what is good for me so that I can be excellent in many, many different ways. There's nothing wrong with that. But on the other side, if we neglect our own sin and we just let it go unchecked, we then become the bad tenants of the vineyard, which is our heart. The Lord sets out these agrarian uh, Parables in the Scriptures. Several weeks ago, we heard about the seed and the good soil, the wheat and the weeds. We heard all these different things. Today, we get into the Gospel and the first reading. Our hearts are these vineyards that the Lord has set and entrusted to us. We are the tenants of these vineyards. So the question becomes, do you want to be a good tenant or a bad tenant? There's really no in-between. You're either doing a really good job with it or you're doing a really bad job with it. Well, Father, what about if I'm trying and struggling? Well, then you're being a good tenant. It's cumbersome. It's tedious. It's tiring. But to be the good tenant is hard work. The Lord entrusts your heart to you to bear good fruit out in the world. And what that looks like is getting rid of sin. Sin can only destroy. Sin can only destroy. It takes over the good, the fruitful vines and the vineyards, and it chokes them. And it exhausts all the soil of nutrients and minerals, fertility. Sin only makes us bitter and only destroys. There is no in-between. There's no way to sugarcoat it. It makes our hearts barren and desolate. There's no fulfillment. There's no joy. There's no peace. As much as we want that to be the case, as much as we try to sugarcoat it or flip it around and show it from a different perspective, sin will always be sin and it will always let us down. It will always disappoint. So, what would we do with that? Obviously, as Catholics, we have the great gift of confession. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying I don't remember who comes or what they say, but I think the Lord has allowed me to recognize recently that a lot of people come to confession often with, quote-unquote, the same old sins. Father, I'm back and it's been a month, a week, a few days, or even shorter. It's the same old stuff over and over again. These are my sins. And I'm sitting there going, well, thank God you're back. The other person is confessing, and I just get this sense of, like there's this desolation and this despair. You're speaking from this place of defeat. Defeat. So number one, if you find yourself in that place, you're thinking, that's me, that is absolutely me. I am so, so proud of you for bringing that to the confessional. That is where the vineyard is weeded out. That is where the harmful vines which steal the fruit, that's where they're cut off and thrown away. They may keep coming back. Keep going back to the Lord. Keep being the good tenant. Do not be discouraged when sin enters the picture. Name it, claim it, and let it go. I'm proud of you for doing that. Please continue to do that. Take advantage of confession. It's proof to us of the Lord's mercy and His immense love for us. After you do that, you want to know how you become the good tenant of your vineyard, of your heart? Listen to the second reading. It's short, it's brief, but it's beautiful. When St. Paul says, make known your petitions to God in prayer and thanksgiving, What is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, and gracious. Make known your petitions to God. Say it to Him. Tell Him the desires of your heart. He knows it already. He created you with those desires. Why hide it? But it has to be rooted in what is good. What is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, and gracious. You know what doesn't fit that bill? Sin. However you want to put it. I'll just call it out. Sin in general. Gossip, drunkenness, greed, gluttony, unforgiveness, sins of the flesh, sexual, sexual sin. We have young ears. I'm not going to go into the many details of how we get creative as human beings to commit those sins. But all of these different things have to be called out if we want the vineyards of our heart to be fruitful. If we want them to bear good fruit out in the world and not just the wild grapes that are like, eh, they're there and then they get trampled over. We have to get rid of the sin in our lives. All these different things that I have named, if you see nothing wrong with them, will know that you are good and know that you are loved. And because that's the case, I pray for your conversion. For the grace and the light and the truth of Jesus Christ to come into your heart to restore the vineyard of your heart. And I mean that with all sincerity. If you hear that list of sins and think, oh, that's me. I fit into that category. Well, please know that you are good and you are loved. And because of that, I pray for your conversion as well, because I want the vineyard of your heart to be restored. I want it to be healthy. I want it to bear good fruit out in the world, not just to play the numbers game of the church. How, we can, how can we bring more people in? How can we convince more people of that? It's not about convincing anybody of anything. It's about letting the good, fertile vineyard of our heart bear good fruit out into the world to introduce people to Jesus Christ. He is the ultimate vineyard owner. He is the one who deserves the fruit. So if you find yourself on one side of the fence or the other, know that you are good, that you are loved, and that the Lord desires your vineyard of your heart to be restored. But you do that by making known your petitions to God. And I'm not talking about the wants in life. I want this, I want that. I would very much as an individual, as a man, I would love the one point whatever billion was on the big billboards with the mega millions. I want that, but do I really desire it? Is that really going to fulfill me? Is that what the Lord put in my heart to thirst for? Will that do anything for my soul? Those are the questions we need to ask ourselves. I want to sin. Sin feels really good sometimes. But beyond that feel-good feeling, there's only desolation, despair, because it can only destroy. There's only weeds. What does your heart actually desire? What does it thirst for? In the truth, what does your heart need? Make that known to God. We can't just hide it, because the second reading is clear. Peace, joy, freedom from sin, these things will be yours because the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. Peace does not mean everything's just going to be sunshine and rainbows. It's not going to mean everything is just smooth sailing. It's difficult sometimes, but peace will endure. Peace ultimately brings joy. Joy allows us to keep going into the vineyard as disastrous as it may look sometimes, to prune and to cultivate, and to water, and to grow, and ultimately to bear the good fruit. The Lord has entrusted the vineyard of your heart to you. Take it seriously. Don't neglect it. Don't let it be overcome with sin. And I don't say all of this like the good old-fashioned Catholic guilt. I don't say it to threaten you or to make anyone feel guilty or ashamed. But sin is reality, and it has no place in our lives. The Lord so deeply loves you and so deeply desires that you bring this good fruit out into the world. So make known your petitions. Know the desires of your heart. Know what hinders those desires sin, imperfection, weakness, temptation. Know the desires. Know what hinders it. Know that you can go to the Lord because He desires you to be the good tenant. Over and over and over again to see what needs to be taken out, to tear it from the earth than to grow, to cultivate, to bear good fruit. The peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. If That isn't ultimately what each of us desires and each of us wants. I don't know what we're doing here. I don't know what brings us to the church, because that's what we find. The peace of Christ, assurance, love freedom, healing, all these things the Lord desires for you to bear fruit out into the world. So go, speak to him, spend time with him, do the hard work of the cultivation, and be the good tenant of the vineyard of your heart. Thank you for listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. The ministry here is possible thanks to our generous supporters. If you would like to become a CTK Golden Giver or learn more, please check our website. Your monthly support of $10, $25 or more reaches hearts across LSU's campus and beyond. Details can be found on the website at www.ctklsu.org.